This is a podcast from Minute Media. Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Welcome everyone, the Bastards are back for what I guess you could call an early week edition of the podcast. We are brought to you in part by the Minute Media Podcast Network. The Red Sox wrapped up the final series of the year with the Washington Nationals sweeping them three games to nothing. They have officially clinched the number one seed in the wild card game. That will be hosted Tuesday night at Fenway Park. Quick disclaimer, as always, for any first-time listeners, this is not a Homer podcast. We call it how we see it. When the Red Sox are dominating, we will celebrate that. When they are getting destroyed, we will be critical and at times savagely blunt. If you are easily offended, press the stop button immediately. But for those who embrace it, let's get rolling. I am Terry Cushman coming to you from Lewiston, Maine. You can harass me on Twitter at CushmanMLB. You can find the podcast account on Twitter at Bastards underscore Boston. Jason Kelly not with us tonight, so Charlie Smith and I will hold down the fort, talk about the weekend, and give our wild card predictions. Charlie's coming to us from the city of Providence, Rhode Island. How are you, Charlie? I'm feeling really good, man. I said a couple days ago, we don't we don't want to sweep. We we want it and we need it. And it got a lot of chit chat on Twitter. Um, we got the three games. We needed the three games. We got it done. I was hoping that we were going to get a minimum of three wins out of the last six. We ended up getting four. And um, I'm happy. I'm really content. Super pumped. I didn't give a prediction on this series. I, I didn't. I didn't want to. I was really extremely frustrated after the Baltimore series. For those who did listen to the last show, it was mostly just me venting, Andrew trying to, you know, calm things down a little bit, and Charlie getting your digs in uh, when you gave them. But we swept this series, and game one was probably the least stressful. It was scoreless, and then we put up four runs in one inning three of them on a Hunter Renfro home run and the other two games, extremely stressful. I thought Cora's management, which we'll get into in a little bit of the pitching was pretty suspect. A lot of, a lot of bad decisions got made. And then today we were getting on our way to getting buried. We were down five to one and then staged a, an epic comeback in the uh, later innings. So, um, stressful series. I thought for sure. Did you think we were going to game 163 at a minimum? No. You didn't? No. I, I, I thought when we when we were down 5-1, to one, they, pulled, they pulled Chris Sale in this game in the third inning. I mean, I really wanted to believe we were going to make it close, but it, 
just given the fact that we didn't do that well in game two towards the end, we did fine to start, but then we fell apart towards the end. But now we're falling apart, not in the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth inning. We're falling apart in the third inning. So there's a whole another three innings of theatrics and excitement that we're potentially about to witness. I didn't feel very good about it. Um, I'll say this much. If I had to face the Yankees or the Blue Jays, I'm happy we're facing the Yankees. I wanted no part of Toronto. Absolutely no part. Well, if we if we lost today's game, then we do go to game 163. So to play the, the Blue Jays and, and then uh, winner plays the Yankees, as it turned right. out. I thought we were destined for it, but luckily we averted it and suddenly yeah. the, we're the one seed. So incredible. Yeah. It, it was the most uh, stressful series uh, in, in a long time. So getting it out of the way. Autumn is in the air. The pumpkins are in the patch and our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't carve your pants pumpkins when you're grooming. If you know what I'm saying. Make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders in male grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package. Boys, get ready for a cuffing season like no other. Ready to take the leap into fall with Manscaped? Join the 2 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Everyone knows pumpkin spice lattes and ball deodorant go hand in hand. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Make your balls a priority this fall. Choose Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. (laughs) Or your pumpkins, apparently, as in the uh, first paragraph. I've, I've apparently ne- so i've never heard of testicles referred to as pumpkins but but it's 2021 it is it's Embrace autumn change. and it's pumpkin season so that's what they came up with all right so the most annoying part of the weekend for me it really was alex Cora's management tanner hauk was pitching a perfect game 15 stupid 15 guys up 15 guys down nobody touched first base Nobody touched it. Nobody breathed on it. No one was out there. And I'm thinking the bullpen's been pretty shaky. It's been absolutely shaky. And Cora told the beat writers before the game that he had sent a text message to all the starting pitchers, Nick Pavetta, Eduardo Rodriguez, Nathan Evaldi, to wear their spikes. So when I'm hearing that, I'm like relieved. I'm like, okay, okay. He's going outside the box this game. He is not messing around. And then I get that Tanner Houck has problems with the third time through the order. But if he's dealing, eventually he's going to have to pitch a sixth inning versus a guy we trust very little, as it turned out. So he gets lifted after pitching a perfect game. I'm not saying let him pitch to the eighth, but give him the sixth inning. Just take one more inning out of the equation so we don't have to sweat it out. But... He gets taken right. out. Garrett Richards in. That was a very uneventful inning. He gets through it. And then it gets dicey. On his fourth straight day, he pitched the previous three games. Ryan Brazier gets brought in the game. Ryan Brazier gets brought into the game for his fourth straight day of pitching. And it, it wasn't pretty. The bases were loaded. The inning was going sideways. 
and he, he very fortunately got out of it. Next inning, Adam Ottavino comes in. Doesn't look good at all. It was his third straight day pitching. So one last day in a row than Brazier, but still heavily taxed. Hasn't been pitching well anyway. Ottavino comes into the game. I'm like, if you want to put Avoldi in there, despite him being the pitcher on Tuesday, just do it. Just do it. If he hasn't pitched a side session, that inning or two of work would be his side session anyway. And then he right. goes into Tuesday, essentially on normal rest. And But we had to sit through Ottavino. I can't remember how many outs he got. It was at least one, and then the bases were loaded. And then they got a sack fly off of um, Soto hit that, which thank goodness he didn't do hardly any damage to us outside of that. And right. it was just, it was a poorly managed game that could have easily been lost. And if we do go to game 163 against the Blue Jays, adios. They would have tattooed right. us. They absolutely I, would have tattooed us. I want to double back on that. When you, you asked me earlier, and I'm maybe I, I think I might have misspoken. Did you you asked me if I thought we were going to game one sixty three? Correct. Yes. And and I said no. You said no. I meant to say yes. Okay. Because I did not think we were going to win that game when we were down five one. So I misspoke because what I thought was, oh my god, if we're going here, this is not going to end well. Because truthfully, I do want to face New York. I want no part of Toronto. And now, thank God, it's not it's not even a part of the picture anymore. That's that's a huge crisis averted. But okay. absolutely, I'm, I'm aligned with you on that one. Yeah, and I just don't know what Alex Cora really was thinking. I'm just getting more and more annoyed with him. I didn't really have any problems with him in 2018 or 19. And by the end of 2019, right. it didn't matter anyway. I mean, sale got shut down. Price got shut down. It just wasn't a good year. We had no bullpen. And my, my thing is... You know that you already touched up on the fact that eventually he's going to have to hit the sixth inning and whatnot. He has the capability. You haven't even thrown 60 pitches yet. You're throwing a perfect game. We know you're not going to throw up another perfect four innings. What would it have hurt to throw another 30 pitches, throw another inning out there? Why not? An inning plus, six and a third, six and two thirds, seven innings. Then you don't have to see Brazier because Brazier did pitch four games, but to be honest, one of the games, he only threw a couple pitches. Like it was, it was like tossing. Um, so he did uh, have four in a row. Ottavino did have three uh, three straight appearances. What frustrates me about the Ottavino play was Ottavino's allowed a minimum of one run in four of his last five appearances now. And I feel like it's it's like the um, oh god, what's I I forgot his name. I I used I couldn't stand him last year. What was the name of that reliever? Matt Hall. Matt Matt Hall, that dummy. It was like the Matt Hall effect. Like when Matt Hall came in, you knew you were going to get at least one run allowed. That's what it started to feel like without Avino coming in. It, it's the, the level of consistency is gone. I don't know. Like if I had to put a percentage on trusting on Avino, it's at like 25, 30%. I, I don't feel that warm and fuzzy about Ottavino Like I did in the first half of the year, like I did about a lot of the guys that were on this team. Um, but they, they managed to power through. It's just not consistent at the start of the game and at the end of the game. And it truly is a potpourri buckshot bullpen you don't know who's pitching the eighth who's going before that and then who's closing out games you've had robles closing Ottavino closing you've got barnes closing sometimes you're trying to get darwin's in to do it but there's there's no method to it it's completely confusing and if you're an opposing team 
you're you're probably thinking to yourself, this team doesn't know what's going on. At the same time, we also don't know who to plan for. We don't know who's going to be closing this out. We don't know who the first option is out of the rotation. Are they going to go with Ottavino in the sixth? Are they going Matt Barnes out of this? You have no idea. I don't know. Gun to our heads. Nobody knows. I don't even think Alex Cora knows right now. That's what's crazy about it. It's extremely stressful. And Ottavino gets tuned up against the Yankees and he gets tuned up against the Rays and all the divisional guys. And you're going to have the Yankees and then hopefully the Rays after that if we find a way to get to that, if we find a way to win that game. And we're going to get to that in the second part of the show. But um, he's just a guy I, I don't want to see for, for quite a while. Unless we have a big lead, then okay, you know, try it, I guess. But, right. but right. yeah, so wasn't wasn't thrilled with game two we we got the win and then today as you said chris sale oh my goodness three and one third three and two thirds something like that no he two two and a third he threw over 60 pitches he could not get out of the third inning he walked a run in on four straight and then that was it that was the hook and that i mean at that point it you're only down a couple but the issue is You've got power bats coming up. You can't afford to pull these guys out. Soto struck out in the third inning. Thank God. Thank the Lord. Zimmerman got walked on four straight pitches. Sawman comes in and gets a double play ball on his second pitch. Like, you can't be more accidentally clutch than that. The first person out of the bullpen to get into a double play, who throws the best splitter? So, it's it's probably Sawman, right? Yeah. You're 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 praying that you get a double play ball. You need a double play ball or this game is completely getting out of hand. You could potentially instead of 2-1, it, it, it could or 2-0, it could be 5-5-0. Um it, if he doesn't throw that pitch, he's not that person. It's not going to be Sawman coming in, but you needed a double play ball. You have to get some guy who can throw a splitter or a curveball. You had to, you had no choice. So God, I mean, it was stressful. Bases loaded, third inning. You're pulling Chris Sale out. You're like, all right, Toronto, here we come. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's literally what I said. Third inning, not even the third inning. Like, yeah, no, it was the third inning. One out into the third yeah. inning, but, but yeah, yeah. And to be honest with you, I was I hated the the move to Salamora because he's just been so bad for. The, right. the month of September, and he came into that Yankees game that you and I went to, and we were getting buried, so it didn't matter that he came in. And he pitched, I think, two and a third, and actually looked okay. But right. I just figured that was the exception, and I, I didn't like the move today, but admittedly, second pitch, got the double play, which is what we needed, and then Cora brought him out again, and I'm like, great. And he, he did get out of the inning, but, but with Chris Sale, I mean – We've debated on previous shows with with both crews on who would pitch the the All Star game, uh, the All Star game, the Wild Card game. Well, yeah. and the the midweek show was really big on on Chris Sale, and they they'd gone back and forth. And I think Andrew on the last show that he was on said, "You know what? I I think I I would prefer Chris Sale." And it's hard for me to really make an argument, but seeing what we saw today, I'm thinking, thank goodness it's it's Evaldi, and that it, it apparently was always going to be Evaldi. Yeah, I, I think you have to you have to go with the guy who's more consistent. Back to that, 
when we saw Salamora come in, he pitched over two innings for, I think, the first time this year. He hadn't done that before, but it was because we were so desperate because we couldn't, we, we, we couldn't, we couldn't do anything. Like Avaldi had one of his worst performances of the season. And that was actually the last time that he pitched before um, today. So we hadn't seen Salmon in about a week. Um, it was nine days actually. Yeah. You know, like that's crazy. So he's had more than enough time to rest. If he needed to throw 40 pitches to get to a, a, like the double play, I don't care how many pitches you have to throw. You have to preserve the preserve the um, the score right now. At this point, you're down two. You don't want to make it six or five or four. So I think they just went with who's the healthiest, who's got the most you know juice in the tank here. Um, it's been a whirlwind of emotion for for fans. And today. It was really the Rafi Devers show. Like, if it weren't for him, we probably lose this game. He had that clutch, uh, I think it was a two-run shot there uh, in the ninth inning to, yeah, it was, yeah, because we were tied. So that was a two-run shot, and it kind of gave us a little bit of a buffer. I mean, we hadn't led all day, so suddenly we go up by two and we just need three more outs. And, and Nick Pavetta, by the way, oh my goodness, looked great. And I, I had no idea how that was going to go. I didn't really have a problem with it because what were the options at that point? So right, uh, it, it worked out pretty well to, to have Pavetta close it out. But we weren't, we weren't doing anything though. You know, we had scored one run in the fourth to, to bring us back within a run and then the the next inning, uh, Washington puts up another three runs, and it, it was just it was just back and forth, back and forth. And uh, excuse me, Alex Verdugo gets caught in a rundown on the bases, tried to go for second. On oh a, God! On a play that was never going to be a double, and you just you just need to get some momentum going. And at that point. If that wasn't game 162 and we didn't have a podcast tonight, I'm just not watching the rest of the game. If it if it was just another game, I'm not watching the end of it because I'm just so annoyed that we're playing so bad in a game that's huge. And yep. we hadn't learned from our mistakes. So I was annoyed with that. And then J.D. Martinez, how the hell does this happen? He's jogging from the dugout to go take a spot in right field. And as he's running across the diamond, jogging across the diamond, he trips over second base and sprains his ankle. How does Unreal. he not know there's a base there? Unbelievable. And, and I'm like, what else could go wrong? Like, at that point, I was like, there's no way we're recovering from this. And and thank goodness we did. But but it was a stressful series, and I, I just I felt like we were going to lose game two by the time we got halfway through it. I didn't think we were going to come back today. And despite getting the sweep that we desperately needed, I'm still not feeling great about the, I'm next, with you. the next couple of days and the next week. And Tampa throttled the Yankees all weekend. They lost today. It was scoreless until the literally the bottom of the ninth inning. And then the Yankees scored the only one run of the game on a Aaron Judge base hit. But, um, right. but in the ninth inning, it, you know, it, yeah. It was- insane it was the walk-off basically so you got it um i just the rays look really good and they're, they're doing their jobs and and they're right where they need to be to start this playoff run and 
Yeah. Yan- Yankees are a little scary as well. So, yeah. So, anyway, any any other thoughts on today? Um, What made me the most nervous about today was they were <laughs> – it, it, you're not facing Max Scherzer. You're not facing Steven Strasburg. You faced a kid who made his major league debut, and he struck out nine of you guys. Like his line in five and a third, two runs on six hits, three walks, nine strikeouts, and one home run. And that was the Devers shot in the fourth, and that was a rocket. It's actually kind of funny because Devers uh, kind of lost his balance on that first one. But outside of that, only one run in five and a third if i'm washington right now and i just got that for a sample i'm pumped because that he, five and a third nine strikeouts against the red sox and none of those strikeouts were against pitchers that were hitting so you're you're gonna be looking real good and here's the thing who's a better pitcher garrett cole or you want it on <laughs> you know so just to kind of put into perspective, I'm not feeling good about it either. I'm super thrilled that we get to play in the wild card game. But I also have to be realistic here. This is not going to be fun. It's going to be real hard. This is going to be our essentially, you know, game 163 against the Yankees because the winner of this one is going to move on. The loser goes home packing. So it's is it all going to be worth it? I said earlier if we can get to the wild card game, that's an achievement. But a couple other folks said, if you can't at least get to the championship series, this year was a bust. No one thought the Red Sox were going to be good this year. No one thought, no one had the Red Sox making the playoffs. Um, I think from our group, who had the Red Sox making the playoffs? One person? Uh, Andrew had us making, but losing the wild card, I think. There you go. Yeah. So one person. Um, there have been so many other Cinderella's uh, this season. Um, I, if J.D. Martinez is able to play, that's going to be a huge boost. If he's not, that's going to be real hard to overcome. And it's not going to matter um, who you have in there. Um, it, it's not J.D. Martinez. J.D. Martinez needs to be there. I'm still nervous. And uh, as far as today went, you cannot depend on one player for all the magic. Devers had a solo shot, two-run shot, an RBI single. Schwarber got to score twice on two different Devers' um hitting onslaught attacks, you can't survive on that. I mean, the final score of the game was 7-5. Devers did half the damage. You, you, you need to have your starter go five, six innings. At the first moment of any hiccups, any issues, you got you to gotta have two guys warming up in the bullpen. I don't give a damn. You, can, you cannot play against the Yankees the way that uh, you played against Washington. You need to have like a Tanner Houck performance of five plus, no runs allowed. And Evaldi in there, even though he threw up a clunker, a complete dud against the Yankees, when we went to go see him, I still have faith in Nate Evaldi over anybody else in that rotation in a wild card game. Because when the pressure is on, you want the guy who's been there all year long. Big game, Nate. Yeah, and I I like Rodriguez in those situations, but definitely for for this one wild card game, I I would put Evaldi in that spot. And the key for him might be his curveball because he was featuring that in his last start, 
and it was pretty effective. And I don't think he did feature it much in that one start against the Yankees. So perhaps incorporating that in there will help keep some of these guys off balance a little bit. What we need to see from from our lineup, though, and I'm not convinced it's going to happen, we need these guys to stop trying to be all-or-nothing hitters and just string together some hits. Just string together some base hits, drive up their anxiety, create some nervous moments for them, and just just play good old-fashioned baseball. Small ball. With some good contact hitting. If you go all or nothing, you're you're going to score two runs and, and lose the game. Another thing, or go ahead. I was going to say, and I apologize for cutting you off. What was this? Wasn't it against Baltimore where we were playing just a ton of small, like just small ball singles and doubles and roping balls down the line? And I think we only had three home runs against Baltimore for that whole series, and we just absolutely slashed Baltimore. Yeah, that was. And we scored, I think, 25 runs in the whole series. And it was insane. Yeah. Yeah. And but that is what we need that's... small ball, have fun. Don't worry about mashing. Just get on base. Let the next guy get you in. Do your job. Get on base. That's it. That's what we need. And Garrett Cole, I think what some teams have started to figure out on him, because he hasn't looked great, and the one game against us, Pavetta basically outdueled him. It wasn't until late in the game when Stanton buried us. Excuse me. And um, so with, with Garrett Cole on the mound, I, I want I want our lineup to be patient because they can probably work some walks. A lot of those swinging strikes that Garrett Cole gets aren't really strikes if they'll lay off of them. You know, they right. they flirt with the strike zone a little bit, but you know, by the by the time they're caught, they're not strikes, they're balls. And I think that could prove to to be pretty successful in, in scoring some early runs on the Yankees. Again, I'm not, I don't feel good. Ever since that skid started in early August, we haven't really righted the ship. We did have a, a seven game winning streak in there and that was kind of nice, but then we kind of started to sputter again. So, so many other teams look, look better than us right now. And here's another thing too. I was just thinking about this before we came on. Who do you want in that wild card game? Kyle Schwarber or Bobby Dahlbeck? <laughs> Kyle Schwarber. Really? Because I'm like, I just like the way Dahlbeck's been playing lately. Just with, with the patience in the batter's box. You know, here's the thing. I'm torn. So I, I get where you're coming from. Who would I want? Kyle Schwarber, because I think there's a higher probability of getting on base. Here's the issue with that. If I had a pinch hit between Kyle Schwarber and Bobby Dahlbeck, who would I want pinch hitting? I'd want Kyle Schwarber. So it's a question of do I want to have the higher probability shot during the game or in a moment where I need it the most, do I want to bring that bat in? That's the question. Where are we going to end up? Because there there could be an inning where we need someone, runners at first and third, no outs. Who would you rather have, Schwarber or Dahlbeck? I'd want, I'd want the lefty in there. Um a little bit closer to first base, not as much time to travel. I also think Schwarber hits the ball a little bit better, higher probability of getting on base. You bring up a good point. I've been a Schwarber guy all year. 
Um, even when he wasn't in Boston, I liked him. Um, I, oh God, because I just don't like Bobby Dahlbeck coming off the bench. That's the other issue too. So I'm 50-50. I could hear and respect a case for both. I would not be able to, I think, confidently say that I could justify having both coming off the bench. I'd probably want Schwarber if there was a pinch hit opportunity. Well, it just comes to mind right now that perhaps because Jose Iglesias is not eligible at this point, his season is done as far as uh, the Red Sox go because they acquired him after September 1st or after August 31st, technically. Right. He won't be on the roster, so maybe, just maybe, that brings Kike into second. And then maybe Schwarber and left for Dugo and center. And, and maybe they both end up in the lineup. But a lot of this will also be dictated on just season numbers against Cole. You know, who hits him well and exactly and whatnot. But it'd be interesting to see the lineup. And every inning past the, the fifth that you can get out of Nathan Avaldi is is huge. Because... There's less stress in the bullpen. I think we feel pretty good about Brazier at this point. He's had a good last week, week and a half, so that's a guy you can lean on. Garrett Richards has not looked super great, but but still I, I think I definitely trust him more than a guy like Barnes or even Ottavino in a Yankees series. So Pavetta could also come out of the bullpen again as well because – He's not starting game one, so at the earliest, he would start game two, which would be on Saturday. But that's probably not going to happen because if Evoldi is pitching on Tuesday in the wildcard game, regular rest for him. Actually, regular rest for him would be Sunday, rather. So so I guess you can't rule out Pavetta for game two if uh, if we do win it. But he pitches right. very well against the, the Rays. Pavetta does, so it wouldn't... It wouldn't surprise me either way. So I'm I'm taking a look at it right now. Kyle Schwarber career against Garrett Cole is three for seventeen with one RBI and six strikeouts, one seventy six. Bobby Dahlbeck is zero for four with a pair of strikeouts and has done nothing. Um, the best hitter against Cole on the Red Sox is actually. Danny Santana, who went nine for fourteen <laughs> career, followed by Jaron Duran, who's two for four career against them. Kike Hernandez is really the next best guy, who's five for eleven against them with a with a home run against them as well. Uh, JD does not do that well against them. Rafi Devers does not that great. He he is a premier pitcher, so you have to weigh, weigh that too. Schwarber, who doesn't strike out that much, or. Dahlbeck, who could very well strike out three times out of four at-bats against Garrett Cole. I think, like I was sort of alluding to earlier, is they're going to have to be patient and in some ways let Garrett Cole beat himself a little bit. And Absolutely. And the one game we went to, which was a couple of Fridays ago, KK worked a couple of walks as well that night, so hopefully he'll continue to um, see the ball well and and uh, get on base uh, either way, whether it's a hit or a walk. 
it's it's stressful. It, it is. And Bogarts didn't have a good series, so he's kind of coming into the the wild card game a bit cold. So hopefully he finds a little bit of offense. JD Martinez, Cora said he's not certain for the wild card game, and that they're going to look at him tomorrow because he does have an ankle sprain. And he did though, notably when they were looking at him immediately after he did it, he, I think he did finish out the inning in, in right field. So if you want to be an optimist, maybe that's a sign that it's not a serious ankle sprain, but I don't see how, I mean, DHing should be fairly reasonable. I would think I'd be stunned if he's not the DH. If he's not the DH, the injury is a lot worse than we were told. Yeah. There's, there's, you have to have your big guns there. If you don't, you're not being honest with all of us, and there's something else going on. Um, and it's not the, the the plantar fasciitis thing that you know is gonna extend his contract. Uh, if he doesn't play, I'm, I'm much more worried. You would think he would want to play at all costs, though, because. The month of October can boost your value. Nathan Avaldi got sixty-eight million dollars because of three starts in in the, one real one, and it was in the bullpen. Yeah, well, he had a he did have a decent game against the Astros. He, he kind of walked the tightrope a little, but we uh, ended up winning it. But um, so we've seen postseasons boost players' values, so you would think he would want to be a part of it and hopefully extend our postseason for as long as possible in case he does decide to opt out and uh, get one more three or four year deal, whatever, whatever his market ends up being. But we've never, we've never had to suffer through a wild card game. We were either first or last, <laughs> it seems like in the standings. So um, it wasn't pretty, but I hope this team shows up because Yankee fans on Twitter are going to, they're going to, if they beat us, they're going to act like they just won game seven of the ALCS against us. Yeah. Yep. It's going to, it's going to be pretty special, but let's be honest. If we win, we're also either team that wins, they're going to do the same thing. It's going to be a a jubilation feeling of just you. This is the world series to some fans, the Red Sox facing the Yankees just to get into the dance. Like this is just to, to general admission, and um, I, I would be lying if I said that I wouldn't be super ecstatic and excited to, you know, see the Yankees go down. You know, like this is just what we've come to enjoy the most as Red Sox fans is rivalry matches of importance. At the end of the season, it's one team or or, or bust. And if there's one team I want to face at the end of the year that's important, I want to see the Yankees play more than any other team against the Red Sox. And even though we've never played a wild card game, this will be the Yankees' fourth wild card game, if I'm not mistaken. They got beat by the Astros in 2015. 2016, they missed. And then in 2017, 2018, they ended up playing Oakland and beating them both times. So... And a lot of the guys currently on their staff were at least on their staff in 2018 and some of them uh, 2017 as well. So they've experienced this. They've thrived 
in that game and we're this clumsy error-prone team that finds all kinds of ways to to at you know make things difficult anyway and 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 sometimes get beat by ourselves so so <laughs> i i don't know what to say but it's uh it's a big game and if you get to the ALDS then that's that's I guess a successful season based on our expectations preseason. Absolutely. The, the, I mean, I thought we were going to be talking about other teams in the playoffs. I didn't think the, the Red Sox had a chance. We start off the season 0-3. So when you look at it, we actually finished the season off 25 games above 500 after that opening BS series. Um, we, we just didn't show up. And uh, I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit nervous about the last uh, series. My expectation was you got to win a minimum of, of three out of six, three and three. You're probably going to play in game 163. I don't know if there's any way around that because Seattle's starting to heat up. Oakland cooled off significantly. Toronto was on fire, and the Yankees were the Yankees. I mean, what more could you ask for at this point? You know, this is it. Show us that this isn't a joke. Show us. That's it. So let's do it. Let's give our predictions, our official wild card predictions. Tuesday night, who you picking? So it's a loaded question. Here's why I say that: Is JD Martinez playing? We won't know until tomorrow. <laughs> okay, Garrett Cole. Go six and a third. And I got this right. Well, half right when we were when we were at uh, Fenway. Garrett Cole goes six and a third, six and two thirds. Allows one run on four hits. Walks two. Strikes out eight. Six and a third, one run on four hits, two walks, eight strikeouts. Nate Evaldi goes six innings, allows two runs on five hits, one walk, seven strikeouts. So two runs, five hits, a walk, seven strikeouts, six innings. Just does a little bit worse. Bullpens come in. Each bullpen does a, a little bit of work, Get gets worked a little bit too. And I believe my final score was four to three when you and I went to that game. I'm gonna say the Sox pull it out because I need this win, baby. I need this win, and I'm gonna pray that JD comes in and the Sox end up winning this game either four three or five three, four three or five four. How about you? I'm gonna. I'm not gonna get quite as uh, in depth with the the pitching lines, but I'm gonna say Nathan Avaldi goes seven innings of two run ball. There we go. We're matched there. 
And the Red Sox pull it out probably by a score similar to yours, 5-3, to 5-2, to two, I would say. All right. I think Evaldi's showing up, and Cole doesn't have – I don't think he has the greatest numbers at, at Fenway Park. I mean, we were getting to him a couple Saturdays ago, and, and you know, Nick Pavetta I think had the lead by the time he left the game – and he pitched at Fenway with the Astros 2018. We got the win that night as well. I think that was game two of the LCS. And I just, I don't feel great about it. I'm just going to say that. I can't, I would be lying if I sat here and said I was supremely confident, but sure. I, I think. I think the Red Sox could show up, and I think having home field will be big, especially not having that short porch in right field. And they're going to have to find a way to tame Stanton, who's been on fire lately. And I would love it if the game ended on either a Ryan Brazier or Nick Pavetta strikeout of Giancarlo Stanton. And send them home on that. And we'll be in Tampa, I think, on Friday night if all that comes to fruition. And I won't spoil my predictions for that if we are fortunate enough to make predictions on that series. But that's kind of how I see it going. I'm with you. I'm a little nervous, but I want to be optimistic. I'm a Red Sox fan. You're a Red Sox fan. We want this team to do well. Uh, to your point, Garrett Cole does not do well against the Red Sox. Against the Red Sox just this year, in four games, he's had one complete game. He's 2-2 two and two with an ERA at almost 5. 12 earned runs of the 13 allowed, 22 innings, 24 hits, 5 home runs allowed, 9 walks, 31 strikeouts. Not pleasant. At Fenway Park, he's had three starts. His ERA is 6.19. At Fenway? That's his ERA? At Fenway Park with a 1-2 and two record. He's allowed a, a 12 runs, 11 of which were earned on 19 hits in 16 innings in three games. It's an average of five and a third innings per game. Five bombs, seven walks, 20 strikeouts. He gets lit up at Fenway Park. And it would not be a surprise... If, you know, I could be wrong that each of them allowed two runs. Wouldn't that be marvelous if Garrett Cole gets cracked for seven, like Evaldi got cracked in the performance before that? That would have been poetic justice. You know, "Ah, you owned our guy, and then we owned your guy when it mattered. You know? So I'm going to remain patient. I'm going to remain calm. But you know what? I'm actually excited. I'm excited for those that uh, went to that game the Friday that we saw it. For those that get to watch this game as well, it's going to be a do-over. And Evaldi wants it more than literally everybody because he he needs this and he wants this. You, If you know him, I mean, I bet the grunts are going to be heard in Wisconsin from Evaldi on the mound. It's going to be – you're going to have to mute the TVs, kids. It's going to be aggressive. I didn't know Cole's numbers were quite that bad, but I, I just knew that it wasn't one of his better ballparks. Let's let's put it that way. So 
have only had the one bad outing against the Yankees, but Cole's had other bad ones in recent starts. So I, I'd be more nervous about him if I, if I were Yankees fans and I hope more than anything, Yankees fans are taking that last game against Garrett Cole, uh, excuse me, that last game against Nathan Avoldi where they put up, uh, I think it was five or six runs by the time he came out. I hope they take that for granted and then, you know, get shut down. That would be perfect. But a big game isn't going to rattle Nate Evaldi. We know that. Right. Yeah. It's it's going to be it's going to be an awesome finish and I mean I hope we win, but I mean this team has a lot to be proud of. We've done some great work. Um we we certainly slowed down and uh things may have not gone uh, according to plan the whole year, but you know what? This team has a lot to look forward to. The the future is very bright here in Boston. I'm I'm really liking some of the players that we have had the opportunity to see. They're young. It's they're still very very green, but you know we got players like Tristan Casas knocking on the door. He's coming, and uh, it's it's going to be exciting. So I'm um, I'm I'm staying super patient for that. I'm I'm really excited. Next year, hopefully, we we compete for a division win and not have to sweat it out like this. I hope this is the last time in quite a while we end up playing a wild card game. But who knows even what the format will be next year if uh, correct if our terrible commissioner gets his way. So, on that note, we will wrap, and we'll be back on Tuesday night to either celebrate or cry about how the night went, and so. Give us, uh, what is it, 48 hours from now, we'll be back recording. Everybody have a good start to your work week. Take care.